the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. They just can't let it go. Yeah, yesterday President Trump was harassed by the media with questions about why he refers to the Chinese virus as the Chinese virus, with the implication being, of course, that he's a racist. After Cecilia Vega of ABC opened the press conference yesterday with a question about that, and Trump told her it was because, you know, it originated in China, a reporter from CBS, Weijia Jiang, told President Trump that she heard someone in the White House refer to the virus as the Kung virus. Trump dismissed that. But then today, senior White House advisor Kellyanne Conway held a press briefing outside the White House, and Weijia Jiang just couldn't let it go. She was there, and she had to ask about it again. Conway, as usual, handled it well. But hold on. You can't just say that and not name them. Tell us who it was. Come up here and tell so us who it was. I'd like to know, because I'll go inside. Right now. What is your message to those staff? No, I'd like to know. Say, rather than excuse having me. Them, why, excuse why me, that's been alleged. No, Yamiche, excuse me. So is that wrong? Uh, Yamiche, I'm not dealing in hypotheticals. Of course it's wrong. But you can't just of make an accusation and not tell us who it is. Who is it? Come and tell us. Yamiche, if you want to argue, I'm going to argue about standing away from each other and washing our hands and everything. Tell us who it is. You're telling those staffers, of course it's wrong. who was it? Tell us. I think we have, I think... Understand how these conversations go. I no, I don't know. I don't know how these conversations and I, go, and that's highly offensive. So you should tell us all who it is. I'd like to know who it is. Action, action I'm not going to engage in hypotheticals. I'm, I'm married to an Asian. I mean, I'm not engaging in hypothetical. My kids are partly. Yes, I'm married to an Asian American. My kids are 25 percent Filipino. Oh, sorry. You're also obsessed. So I thought you knew. Uh, but you're but, that you excuse me. The pre- of course it is. But who is it, Yamish? Who is it? Now you're engaging. We're trying to tell. I'm trying to be here to help you help America understand how to slow the spread. And you're shouting at me in a way about something that somebody allegedly said to somebody else. And I'm asking, who was it? Why don't we go to the source? I certainly didn't say it. I don't believe it. So why don't we go to the source and tell them that's very hurtful and unhelpful for what we're all trying to do. And um, pardon me if I've been mistaken that you all are trying to inform America as to what's going on. We're really pleased that your networks and your cable stations and your radio affiliates are all helping us to inform America by donating significant space on your networks to these public service announcements that we've been recording um, with health professionals. And they're starting, I think they're running on your network starting today or definitely this week. But can you say at least and there's a policy from the White House to say to its staff to not call it? Have you ever heard I have never heard that. The only time I ever even heard that or read that is when you said it yesterday. That's the only time I've ever heard or read it. Great work there by Kellyanne Conway. Okay, come on up here and tell us uh, who it was that uh, said that. And she kept gesturing to her to come up to the front of the press conference there, and uh, she didn't do it. Anyway, the stimulus programs have been pretty well laid out, and it could include you getting a check in the mail for a 1000 bucks in the next couple of weeks. Is that a good idea? We'll talk to Donald Trump's former senior economic advisor, Stephen Moore, about that when we come back. Stick around. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for 
roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. John Steigerwald here to tell you about an opportunity for you to grow your business in 2020 and make a difference this year. I'm talking about our Food for the Poor Business Benefactor Program. We've partnered with Food for the Poor to provide food and clean water to several thousand children this year in countries like Guatemala, where it's desperately needed. Become a Food for the Poor business benefactor today by making a $1,200 tax-deductible donation to Food for the Poor. And AM 1250 will give you $2,400 worth of prime advertising at no additional cost to air here Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and on our local Salem affiliates. Get on board with a great cause and this great radio station. Through the generosity of your business, you'll be helping kids who are desperate. To take advantage of this deal, just call Mike Howard at 412-503-4761. That's 412-503-4761. One more time, 412-503-4761. I'm doing it all, the water, the fiber, the exercise, but I still have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keeps coming back. My doctor said I may have a chronic medical condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats adults with IBS with constipation. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Allergan Pharmaceuticals and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. Thanks to Genesis 950, I can have guests in my home without the shame of pet stains and odors. Genesis 950 with water breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. All pet owners should have Genesis 950 on hand. I can even use it in my carpet cleaning machine. And it's green, so it's safe for my family and pets. Before you purchase new carpets, you must try Try Genesis 950. It's made in America. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for floors, bathrooms, kitchens, garages, oil and grease stains, wheels, tires, degreasing engines, and upholstery. It's available on Amazon. However, if you order a gallon direct at Genesis950.com, you'll receive a free spray bottle and discount using code SALEM. That's Genesis950.com. Genesis950.com. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we're having a little trouble getting hold of uh, Stephen Moore. Uh, I will, um, we'll, we'll keep trying that. Meanwhile, speaking of um, uh, the uh, Chinese virus and uh, all that that's cracked up to be, or I'm not cracked up to be, but the what the media seem to be um, upset about they, uh, and claiming that it's racist to say that, to call it that, um, and last night Martha McCallum had a guest on uh, her show on uh, on Fox on um, on the story with Martha McCallum, and they talked about um, whether or not this was a racial slur. She, the person she had on there was um, the was um, the campaign manager, I believe, for Bernie Sanders. Her name is also Sanders, and this is the way it went. Listen to this. When I listen to what the candidates are saying, you know, you know, get the best scientists, you know, get testing up and running. It sounds a lot like what's happening. So I just feel, you know, I, I can't help but wonder if it wouldn't even be good as a candidate to say this is a moment to get behind our president. I obviously disagree with him on a lot of things, but let's point out, you know, let's give credit where credit is due at times. I don't know, something along those lines, rather than, you know, sort of going after, uh, you know, failures here or there, is that constructive for the American people at this moment? 
Well, Martha, I think what's constructive for the American people is results. Uh, as Vice President Biden, you know, he has been through a number of different crises, nothing on, uh, frankly, the scale of what America is dealing with today uh, because preventative measures were, in fact, taken. So, again, if the Trump administration is getting the number of tests out uh, that they said are, are going to get out, then that is amazing. But the reality is we have not seen uh, the tests that the Trump administration promised uh, in the field, and we have not seen those results yet. Now, results could be coming. I think, and we have said, and Vice President Biden has said, it is a leader has to lead from the front. And so what President Trump came out job and some of what point. he announced today was it's, it's a tough job, but it has to be done. And some of what he said today was good. But the reality is he also stood at the podium and uh, called the coronavirus COVID-19 uh, what I would suggest is a racial slur. It's something that Why? is offensive Why to is me, uh, Chinese-Americans. Why would it be to call it a Chinese virus that when it originated in China? Why is that a problem? something that is offensive it is something that is offensive to many Americans. And so the reality is, instead of name-calling, instead of pointing fingers, instead of talking about so poll let's numbers, let's be serious. Let's just talk let's about be serious what we can for a second here. You know, the, the I, MERS I'm virus, MERS virus is, is, is M-E-R-S. Do you know, wait a minute. Do you know why it's called MERS? Why is it called MERS, that virus? You tell me, Martha. You brought because it up. Because it's called the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome because that's where it originated. So this idea, you know, this, this sort of rabbit hole of, of, you know, getting into this whole issue of racism, I just think is so counterproductive to what we're, we're trying to do here. And I just talked to this amazing scholar on China moments ago who said absolutely China at the leadership level has tried to obfuscate and be everything, everything but transparent. Since the very beginning, they lied and lied and lied about this situation. This so why about, is it not Martha, okay to recognize where it originated? This isn't about... This is not about uh, if China has been forthright and forthcoming. The reality is, yes, it is. That's uh, the Chinese exactly what government it's about. denied <laughs> the reality, not not in terms of uh, what the president of the United States is referring to this virus at, from the podium. The reality is, yes, the Chinese government refused to let um, American scientists in to 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 research yes. to see what was That's going right. on. That is a stark difference than what happened in the Ebola crisis right. um, when the United States government demanded to come in into African countries and so. So that is something we should have and have to continue to push for. Yeah. But my only point is, and I think the point of folks across the country who have raised um, an alarm or a question about this or a concern is that they have noted that it is offensive to them. And in times of strife, particularly when we're dealing with a pandemic that is currently affecting people that have mm -hmm. had no contact with anyone um, overseas. Yeah. There, no there no one is suggesting that American Chinese people are responsible. Every thinking human being who looks at this understands that he, that the re reference is to the origin of the virus and also the leadership in terms of how that virus was handled in the country of origin. So I, I'm going to leave it well, there. Well, again, Martha, at the beginning I of mean, this segment, you talked about um, getting past politics and and truly right, just exactly. getting things That's done. Exactly. That's exactly right. Giving, giving the president, exactly giving the right. president uh, kudos where he's due. And I think, and we think, it would behoove the president of the United States uh, to again leaders lead from the front. Mm -hmm. And so this is about again testing. Okay. This I is about ensuring the, the American have people made. have the information that they need, no, we, we and need, that our elected yeah, officials are taking this seriously. Amen on testing, and uh, it, it, it is ramping up, and we. Need Need to continue uh, to do so. Simone, thank you. Um, good to talk to you tonight. We'll thank see you, you next time. Yeah, that's uh, Simone Sanders. I was having trouble with her first name there. Uh, Simone Sanders, she's uh, involved with the Bernie Sanders campaign. And um, I just like the way Martha McCallum handled that because the stupidity is just beyond belief that um, it's still going on. I mean, they just, they just with all the things going on, that they, they just can't. They can't let it go for 30 seconds. And I thought about this. Um, I was thinking about this today. I've lived through plenty of national crises. I mean, I remember the. Uh, I remember going all the way back to the Cuban Missile Crisis. That's how long I've been around. And, and usually it seems like uh, at some point you uh, see the two parties standing together. And, you know, maybe the president and the... And the Speaker of the House representing two different parties, opposing parties. And they will talk about working together and uh, the need for uh, unity and all that stuff. And I just haven't um, – has that happened yet? Maybe I missed it. Uh, I haven't seen uh, a scene like that yet. I haven't seen 
a picture of Donald Trump standing with Nancy Pelosi. I don't know if that's even possible anymore, or even standing with Chuck Schumer. Um, Wouldn't it be, and isn't it incumbent upon the Democrats to kind of make that happen? Because they're the ones that have been trashing uh, Donald Trump since the minute he announced his candidacy. I think it would be, uh, the gesture should start with them. And they should, at least, you know, for 20 minutes, forget about uh, making political gain. And I just saw a story recently, uh, just a little while ago, that a super PAC is already putting together ads to run in uh, key states, uh, Pennsylvania included, Michigan, Ohio, uh, and in the, the battleground states. They're, they're, they're going to put together uh, ads blaming Donald Trump for the coronavirus for not being prepared enough for it. He should have known it was going to be like this, and they're going to uh, use, I guess, some of the news, uh, some of the sound bites, things like that. But they're, they're putting together an ad that uh, will attack him, not one an ad, many ads, and they're going to spend millions of dollars, and they're already working on it. And, uh, it's so, and, and I'm sure he's had plenty of time to pile up a lot of good sound bites from Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, a lot of other people that he'll be, he'll be using in ads, but it's going to get ugly, and it may get ugly even while we're in the midst of this uh, coronavirus uh, hysteria. So, meanwhile, uh, today, um, I don't have this sound bite, but I can tell you what he said. Um, he, was, uh, he had a, a bunch of people at a press conference today, and um, they were talking about um, whether or not Trump was himself following the guidelines of social distancing and and doing the things that he's been telling that he, not just he but all the people in the in the uh, in his administration and government people have been saying uh, governors of all the states have been saying it about social distancing and so I guess uh, someone wanted to bring up the fact that he was not socially distancing himself in the room where they were conducting the press conference. So he said, uh, this guy says, members of Congress are now being tested positive for coronavirus, and we, you, have almost two dozen self-quarantining. Do you have guidance for Congress? And as soon as he started to answer, uh, the reporter wanted to take it back because uh, Trump said, I know all of them. I don't know if they're sitting like you people are sitting. Uh, lady, uh, he said, you're actually sitting too close. Talking about the media people in the room. He said, you're actually sitting too close. We should probably get rid of about 75 to 80 percent of you. I have maybe two or three that I like in this room. I think that's a great way of doing it. I've thought of a new way of doing it. You're actually much too close. You too, you should leave. And I, I guess, I don't know who he was pointing to, but he, he's told a couple of people to leave. And this is what has set Donald Trump apart from everybody in my lifetime is his willingness to stand up to the media. And uh, unlike uh, people like uh, George W. Bush and uh, his dad, uh, and Reagan was an exception, he, he gave it right back to the media because he knew that, and he was smart enough to go over the heads of the media. Uh, he didn't have Twitter to do it on like uh, like uh, Donald Trump has, has Twitter and Facebook and all the social media platforms. But um, he has, he, he just doesn't, he just doesn't suffer the fools of the media the way most Republican presidents in my lifetime have because, you know, they know that the, the media lean left and they know that, um, that, um, that, that whatever they say is going to be, I don't know, seen through. Their, but they're, they're gonna, the, the media will put it through their filter before it gets to the people. And Donald Trump has taken uh, the opportunity when he's confronted by the media to give it right back to him. And that's why they hate him, by the way, because they that's not supposed to happen. Uh, so Republicans and conservatives are supposed to uh, feel like uh, they, they're, they have, they're supposed to be afraid of the media. And they're supposed to give in and, and, and go along. And Donald Trump hasn't done it. So that, that kind of, you know, that, that gets the media upset. And that's that's uh, why they don't like him, and uh, that's that's been the difference between him and uh, most of the uh, not all all of the Republican presidents that I remember, except for Reagan, uh, George H. W. Bush. He was a little too um, compliant with the media, 
and afraid to go back. Although there was was one, I just thought of it now. There was one uh, example when Dan Rather, I think, yeah, Dan Rather was really pressing him on something. I forget what the issue was, and it was live on the CBS uh, Evening News, and Donald Trump gave it right back to him, and um, that uh, not Donald Trump, uh, George H. W. Bush gave it right back to him, and. That was one of the few times that I remember a Republican president doing it other than Reagan. But uh, Reagan was just – he was good at um, uh, just going over the tops of the heads of the media. And he he uh, succeeded pretty well. I think he won 49 to 1 in 1984. So maybe, uh, maybe Donald Trump, you know, kind of went to school on that, saw that it worked for Reagan and it didn't work for George W. Bush. And uh, how he knew that right away, I don't know. Whether it was just maybe it was as a result of him not being a politician, and maybe because he, he just didn't think about it that much. He had been dealing with the media all his life as a celebrity and as the Donald, and they pretty much kissed his butt most of the time. But and including some of these people who despise him now, like the late night uh, hosts. But he was able to. Um, somehow, from the minute he started running for president, he knew that the media were not his friend, and nothing he said was going to change that, and everything he said was going to be taken by them and filtered through their bias and given to the American people. And, you know, I remember following uh, Donald Trump on Twitter long before he decided to run for president. He was out there tweeting long before that, and he had... Um, millions of followers. So he had that going in. But um, he, uh, he he's, there, there's been more examples in the last couple of days, great stuff, where he just refuses to, refuses to play their game and refuses to accept their premises uh, on, uh, and, their, and their basis for argument, and he dismisses them right away. And that, boy, they don't like that. I'm in the media. I don't like to be dismissed. And, I, you know, I wouldn't like it if I were... Uh, questioning somebody and I was constantly dismissed by them but you know I don't blame him for doing it when we come back uh, after the break we are going to uh, switch gears a little bit but it's still kind of the same thing Um, we're going to talk to um, uh, Joy Pullman at the Federalist she wrote a piece today the headline for which is will the costs of a great depression outweigh the risks of coronavirus Um, people are still I mean, the the the, the uh, lack of traffic out there is so obvious. And I saw a picture from a drone taken above the Liberty Bridge. There were no cars on it. Uh, this was a little while ago. Um, so it's working. I mean, people are staying home. But as, as everybody knows, the economy is being has been. It's already been sent right down the toilet by all this. And Joy Pullman did a really good job on this piece where she did a lot of uh, research. And there's a lot of sources here. And she's seriously questioning whether what we're whether risking a depression, which we're apparently almost already in, they're headed that way, at least a gigantic recession. Whether risking that, or now not even risking it, actually causing it, is worth. Uh, whether that outweighs the risk of what's going to happen with uh, coronavirus. I I have to admit that I am. Uh, I'm a skeptic on this. I have a, a built-in, um, a, just a built-in notion that uh, it's a it's a default position I have, I guess, to question. Always, I question the uh, conventional wisdom. Not always right about that. Sometimes the co- conventional wisdom is is correct. But I I'm just I haven't been convinced yet about uh, the coronavirus thing. I mean, I know it's serious. I know that a lot of people are going to get sick. But I think you'll uh, you'll be impressed by what Joy Pullman has come up with, and uh, some of the numbers that we have for you as to as to exactly what is happening with this disease, and what your risks are, and what kind of danger we're in, and whether or not all of this stuff that the president has been doing in the last couple of days is necessary. We'll talk to her when we come back. Stick around. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Trump administration has upgraded its warning to Americans against all international travel as the coronavirus outbreak spreads. The State Department issuing a new alert urging Americans not to travel abroad under any circumstances. 
and to return home if they are already abroad unless they plan to remain overseas. Congress working urgently to fashion a $1 trillion measure to prop up households and the U.S. economy amid the outbreak. The White House is proposing to send Americans first-round checks, potentially $3,000 for a family of four. Stocks are closing with solid gains on Wall Street today. After shaking off a rocky start, the trading was still bumpy, but nothing like the wild swing seen in recent weeks. The Dow gained 188 points today. The Nasdaq up 160. The S&P 500 picked up 11. This is SRN News. I still believe in God's goodness. I still believe in hope when things seem hopeless. I still believe in family. I still believe in God's plan. He chose willingly to walk into the fire with her. That's what love is. I still believe. Based on the inspiring true story. Starring KJ Apa, Britt Robertson, Shania Twain, and Gary Sinise. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Now playing. Go to IStillBelieveMovie.com. She used to play hide-and-seek in your backyard. Now, she's getting married in it. So when you see a bare spot, you need something that patches it fast. Pennington One-Step Complete has a revolutionary formula that repairs bare spots in only two weeks or less. Pennington has been trusted since 1945, and now it works even faster. One-Step Complete from Pennington. Honest Green. Get your lawn ready for any occasion. Head to your local retailer to pick up One-Step Complete. Hugh Hewitt believes we're witnessing a panic. I just think people are responding crazily. I'm still taking the Hugh cruise from uh, Paris to Normandy. We're not changing a thing. Uh, We wash our hands a lot more. We got wiped for the plane. You betcha. I'm no dummy. You do the normal things. I'd rather not get it. But it's it's just not this panicky thing. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6. Right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. Teens in foster care will love you, even if you don't know the lingo. Dad bod. Noun. The result of the occasional donut always washed down with confidence. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. When you've got water, fire, or smoke damage, there's no debate. You have to vote yellow. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our team is ready to help 24 hours a day. The man, the yellow van. Service Politics can be, well, dirty. That's one mess Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh can't clean up. But we've got you covered on everything else, from water damage to smoke and fire damage. The man, the yellow van, called Service Master. Paging Brenda Lawson, bank account number 0040891, report to gate 6. Data breaches are on the rise, which means your personal info is practically being broadcast to identity thieves. Good thing there's LifeLock to help protect your identity. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but LifeLock helps look out for you, whether or not your information is exposed in a breach. Save up to 25% off your first year using promo code SMART at LifeLock.com. Terms apply. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. 2223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the inbound Parkway West, all lanes are blocked between 79 and Roslyn Farms Road with an accident. You're all jammed up from Campbell's Run Road to that closure point, about a 10-minute backup there. Parkway East is okay. Lagonier 381 shut down with flooding between Laurel Glen Road and Lincoln Highway. In Scott Township, watch out for an earlier vehicle fire scene. Green Tree Road at Swallow Hill Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. Cloudy tonight with some showers, rather warm with a low 60. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, windy with a few showers and a thunderstorm, and a high 70. Tomorrow night, a couple clouds in the sky with a low 27. 
Saturday, partly sunny with a high 43. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. This is the John Stacker Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. So the headline of the Federalist says, "Will the cost of a Great Depression outweigh the risks of coronavirus?" The executive editor of the Federalist is Joy Pullman. She wrote it. She joins us now. Joy, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So, um, I, I, th- this piece you did, you, uh, you obviously put a lot of work into it. There's a lot of, uh, you quote a lot of sources and have a lot of numbers that I think a lot of people should see, and in this case here. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm going to just read what, uh, what, what your la- one of your last sentences in your piece was, that you, you mm-hmm. would uh, rather have a flu that I'm 99.8% likely to survive then the nation plunged into chaos indefinitely. That kind of sums up how I feel, um, and I just wonder how many people uh, would would agree with that. I mean, regular people, not politicians. Well, I think there's a lot of them. I mean, it, it's obvious. I don't know. You know, if you can't talk about this in person right now, but if you've been making any rounds with your friends on Facebook, um, you know, it's clear that there's a huge divergence of opinions on this. So I know that a lot of people feel similarly to me, but I also know that a lot of other people are really scared and they think I'm a crazy person. So I've gotten a lot of feedback on the article um, and I tried to be, you know, really careful about it because honestly, we don't know what we're dealing with right now, but that's actually part of my point is that we're acting like we know that this is going to be horrific and we're uh, acting on that basis. And, And rather than taking temporary steps, waiting and seeing, you know, as time goes on, um, you know, so for example, in my state, we had a two-week suspension of schools, government offices, libraries, and so forth. And that makes sense because, you know, we it's kind of a, a period to pay attention, get some more test kits out, get what the data is. Because the information we have, for example, is, from China is, is really bad. We don't, it's not even reliable at all. So we're almost flying blind here with how this would affect the United States. Anyway, so, you know, but, but the thing is, you know, my governor today just went ahead and then said, it's not two weeks anymore. It's going to be five, six weeks um, of, of keeping everybody home. And, you know, again, we don't have the data in to know whether that would be warranted. And just doing that without knowing is really dangerous for lots of, you know, businesses and families and schools and, and so forth. It's not like it's costless just to make everybody sit at home for two months. It costs a lot to everybody. And it's costing us more by the day as Congress gets together and throws trillion-dollar stimulus packages together. Yeah, I'm going to have Stephen. Uh, I had Stephen Moore on today to talk about that, and and you know how much of that makes sense. Uh, but um, you you quote a projection from the Hoover Institution in your piece, uh, saying that uh, the the person there doesn't necessarily buy uh, with the predictions about how this is going to peak and how many people are going to be affected. All right. So, I mean, our, our government officials are working off of computer models, essentially. But the problem is that computer models are only as good as the data. And we don't have a lot of extremely important data, such as, I mean, number one, how many people actually get the virus who don't have severe symptoms? <laughs> the information on that is all over the place. And again, you know, the, uh, I mean, in the U.S., we have very little information just because we've had so few testing kits. The only people right now being tested are ones in critical care already, you know, so that doesn't, you know, just only testing the most severe cases doesn't tell you what the average case is like. It's not like we're randomly sampling the population and then comparing that. That would be the accurate medical scientific way to check that, you know, the real danger of this. And we just don't know. So again, we're flying blind and we're making a bunch of decisions as if we know what the worst case scenario is going to be. And we don't actually know that. And, And those decisions are going to hurt us. And the question is, will those decisions hurt us as bad as the pandemic, we don't know, and we might never know. And what about the numbers uh, you have about deaths per day of outbreak? How's the U.S. doing compared to other countries? Well, according to publicly available information in the United States, the death rate is a lot lower than in the worst countries, per, you know, per, based on what they call patient zero, the first patient discovered in a country to have the certain disease. Um, but again, you know, that that is, is just one of many different guesstimates that show things could be very bad or things could really not be any worse than the seasonal flu. We still don't know. And again, we don't shut down the entire nation for flu or, you know, I also included information in my article about the, you know, car crashes every year, you know, kills 40,000 Americans and we all still drive every single day, right? So there is some kind of measure 
of risk to people's health that we accept and continue daily life for even knowing, you know, that it's going to kill people literally. Um, so the question again here is, are, are we, are the trade-offs that we're making right now prudent and wise ones? And a lot of people have questions about that. Yeah, that reminds me of one of my favorite, uh, favorite points that Thomas Sowell makes when, when he, somebody uh, says if it, if it saves one life, it's worth it. And right. he, he always points to the speed limit. He says, let's think about how many lives would save if we lowered the speed yeah. limit from 55 yeah. to 10. And you're not going to yeah. do that. So you're, you're kind of making that same point, um, you know, that there's, there's certain risks involved and, and trade-offs, and they don't seem to be uh, being taken into consideration here very much. Right. I mean, I, I mean again, it, uh, you know, we're basically acting as if it is worth having the entire nation go on lockdown. We don't know how long some depression that we make will last. And in fact, from the last stimulus and bailout that we had, we know that Congress chucking a bunch of future taxpayers' money at the present made things worse, made the depression if 08, 09 last longer and hurt people harder because every money that the government spends today, I mean, because it's basically all debt at this point, it's taking out of future taxpayers' dollars, which means you know less income for them, less government services in the future, so on and so forth. Uh, anyway, so, I mean, the, the way that we're treating, again, this uh, pandemic seems to be replicating a lot of foolish things we've done in the past. Um, and, and, you know, so we don't know how that will pan out in this situation. But historical experience suggests there's reason to be concerned about Congress's stimulus spending decisions based on very little available data. We're talking to Joy Pullman. She's the executive editor of The Federalist, uh, and um, she's written a really good piece with – and what I want to say, too, uh, again, Joy, that this is not just uh, Joy Pullman spewing opinions. You did a lot of um, research here, and you have a lot of sourcing uh, with numbers that kind of question what's been going on here. Um, and the analogy with the 40,000 uh, deaths – uh, in in uh, in auto accidents is a good one, but um, most people staying at home are not at risk according to the numbers you came up with. Right. So as far as we, so that's the reason you know you you quoted me earlier talking about I'm ninety eight point you know or ninety nine point eight percent likely to survive. I'm I'm in the younger age group of people for whom you know the vast majority as far as we know when they get it if they are if you're young and healthy you basically I mean it, sometimes the symptoms are even less than the normal flu. And again, that doesn't mean that there aren't a few young people in my age bracket, you know, who haven't been serious, but that means the risk to us, you know, again, is extremely, extremely low. That obviously is not true about people with, you know, underlying health conditions and with the elderly. So my question is, why wouldn't our choice instead be to try to protect those people who are actually the most at risk while letting the rest of us, I mean, like kids in schools, go around and, and live our lives, you know, since the very likely worst case scenario that, uh, whoa, for the, for, you know, folks under 50 who are healthy is, um, you know, that we'll get through it just fine. It won't be any worse for us than for the seasonal flu. So yeah. why would we chucker? I mean, those are all working age, school age people, the people actually most affected by being quarantined. So we're quarantining the people who are keeping the country going, who aren't really at risk, um, you know, with then just telling them, oh, well, it's okay. You can file for unemployment. <laughs> Maybe your kids will pay your bills. I yeah. mean, that's not really a trade-off that I, you know, really want to be making. Yeah, I'm I'm in that age group that's uh, supposed to be at high risk, but it's it's not only. I mean, I'm 71, so I, I don't. Um, um, but I'm healthy, so I'm not. I, if you if you take that group, it's not only an age group of over 70, but actually more like over 80. But it's over 70 and already with some kind of a condition, not healthy, including obesity, mm -hmm. uh, all the way down to, you know, and including all the respiratory is issues. Well, no, the thing that you're raising right now here is whether you should be allowed to make your own decision about yeah. your personal health risks yeah. and therefore how to behave. Because, look, I don't want you to die. <laughs> if right. I was your kid, I would say maybe try staying at home and working from home for a while, Dad. I really love you, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but, the, but what the government is doing is saying, no, we are going to treat everyone as if they're the same mass units of people and they can't make their own decisions. We're going to make your decisions for you. And, again... You know, we're supposed to be a representative republic. Um, we're supposed to be self-governing, you know, and I get nervous whenever you have the government treating me like it's my caretaker instead of if I, you know, if I decide I know it's risky, I know maybe I'm 70, maybe I have a heart condition. You know, those are those are re reasons that if I got sick, 
uh, you know, it could be very severe and even death for me. And I say I'm willing to take that chance. Should that be my choice or should it be the governor and the president's choice? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm planning on going to ride a bike about 10 or 12 miles when I leave here. So, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not interested You're healthier in being, than I am. <laughs> I'm not interested in being locked in my house right now. Um, but another good point you make, and we only have a couple minutes left here, uh, is that there are, there are health issues involved with uh, what would be the result of a depression. Uh, if, 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 the, oh, if the economy right. is totally depressed, that's going to create serious health problems not related at all to this flu. Well, I mean, exactly. So, for example, I mean, uh, we just, you know, the nation has been focusing for some time, a couple of years now on the opioid crisis. And one of the you know, n- top one reasons that people would be taking basically killing themselves through using illicit drugs is because of lack of employment. You know, so I mean, it. you know, and again, uh, and so, you know, lack of employment, lack of productive work, lack of contribution to society, sitting on your hand, you know, fingers twiddling your thumbs. You know, they'll, they'll, there are vulnerable people for whom that affects very deeply in, you know, ways that they basically commit suicide through drugs, alcohol, and other means. You know, we already had in this country pre-existing the largest number of healthy working age young men at home not, you know, work, not working and basically living off of their girlfriends or their family. You know, and, and that, you know, and again, so, I mean, it's, it isn't like, you know, we're just going to spend the whole economy to save 100,000 people's lives. We might be spending the whole economy plus including, you know, untold numbers of people's lives to despair and hopelessness and, you know, possible drug addiction and whatever else because of the recession that we're creating. Yeah, we I'm, out of, I'm out of time, Joy. I appreciate it. The, the piece is at the Federalist. The headline is, Will the Costs of a Great Depression Outweigh the Risks of Coronavirus? Thanks for being here again, Joy. Always good to have you on. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, we'll be right back. Gold. It's soaring. Are you missing it? If you have an IRA or 401k, you probably are. Less than 1% hold physical gold. We've been told by Wall Street it's for crazy people. Really? What's crazy about an asset that beats stocks two to one? I'm Adam Barada, national best-selling author of the book Gold is a Better Way, owner of Advantage Gold, an Inc. 5000 member, and highest-rated gold IRA firm in the world. Gold is booming because gold is really about debt, and global debt is a pandemic. If you have an IRA or 401k, I want to give you my book for free. That's right, free. Text GOLD to 49776. That's the word GOLD to 49776. Learn why gold will outperform pumped-up stocks from this point forward. Turn your IRA into a wealth growth machine. Text the word GOLD to 49776. It's time to stop being crazy. Text GOLD to 49776. It's time to stand with Israel. Sebastian Gorka here inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to Israel December 2nd to 11th. Join me, my friend Mike Lindell, and hundreds of patriots on the Stand with Israel tour, a journey to the Holy Land to get first-hand insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Register today at sebgorka.com. On the Stand with Israel tour, history, culture, and faith will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country. I'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv, and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Visit sebgorka.com and click on the Israel banner. That's sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com. John Stagerwald here. If you're a small business owner or you make the marketing or advertising decisions for a business, then listen up. Our annual Food for the Poor campaign is underway to raise money for children suffering from poverty in the Caribbean and Latin America. We've partnered with Food for the Poor to provide food and clean water to several thousand children in Guatemala this spring. As a Food for the Poor business benefactor, just make a $1,200 
tax-deductible gift to Food for the Poor, and AM1250 will give you $2,400 worth of prime advertising at no additional cost to air here Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and on our local Salem affiliates. That's the best advertising deal you'll find anywhere. Through the generosity of your business, you'll be helping these kids in desperate need. To take advantage of this deal, just call Mike Howard at 412-503-4761. That's 412-503-4761. One more time, 412-503-4761. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses. And right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash America. One more time. To try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Our annual Food for the Poor campaign is underway to raise money for children suffering from poverty in the Caribbean and Latin America. We've partnered with Food for the Poor to provide food and clean water to several thousand children in Guatemala this spring. Can she tell us about her life and the difficulties living here in this home? There are a lot of difficulties that I have living here. First, because when there is a lot of wind and there's rain, we get wet inside. We also have difficulties with the water because there's no water here, and I have to walk ma- many kilometers to, in order to go get it. What is the water like? When it's clean, it's clear, but if not, you can see that it's dirty, and I have to uh, still get some of that water and bring it home. Every 15 days, she gets sick for her stomach, and maybe because of the water, and most of the time, we don't have money for medicine. And that was Paul Jacobs of Food for the Poor, and he joins us now. Paul, so uh, there are a lot of charities doing good things and collecting lots of money in lots of places. But there's something about Food for the Poor where you know that the, the, exactly what the money is going for that you give. Yes. And, 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 and I'm talking to someone now, you, Paul, <laughs> who if you've, seen the, you've seen what that money is does and you see it work in person you've been there absolutely i've seen for years now coming back to pittsburgh every single year the money that comes in from listeners here in this community and what it turns around and turns into whether it be a house for a mom who is living on mud floors or it turns into a community center where it becomes also a worship center or a medical clinic or now in this case it becomes two meals a day nutritious meals in fact for mothers for fathers for families for children and clean safe water i've been to these communities where they had water from a hole in the ground and now they're getting clean pristine treated water and it was interesting we had a child once in a water it was basically an inauguration of this water well Mm -hmm. the little girl leaned in and she took the very first sip of water and she said oh what delicious water and i thought to myself i've never heard i've got three daughters i've never heard anyone say delicious water i've heard someone say oh i'm so thirsty this water's so good but it was because she didn't taste the she didn't taste anything. Would. Exactly. Before we go any further, there are two ways that you can give your gift to Food for the Poor. Call 844-868-4673 or give online at foodforthepoor.com slash Guatemala Crisis. $80 provides food for a year and water for life for one child. $160 provides food for a year and water for life for two children. $320 or $27 per month provides food for a year and water for life for one family. $640 or $54 a month provides food for a year and water for life for two families. Any size gift will make a difference in the lives of poor families in Guatemala. 
So, Paul, when someone donates money, yes. you see that. That gives you an appreciation for what happens when that turns into real-life episodes and real happiness for people. Absolutely. I actually you see, can see. I, I, I actually see the transformation take place. I've been to communities and been to homes where these families had a desperate need. They were in terrible conditions, whether they were not eating every day. Uh, the mothers were feeding their children leaves from the tree in the back and boiling those leaves to give them as dinner at night. And now the children eat every day. They have a clinic to go to. They have clean, safe water to drink. They're under a solid roof. And I remember one particular case where we went into a community. And as I walked there, I turned to my team and I said, is that the same child from last year? We all actually brought our, took our phones out and we were going through our camera roll to say, yeah, that's her. We yeah. didn't recognize this little girl a year later after getting this help. For a limited time only, if you are a business owner and you want to partner with AM 1250 The Answer to support food for the poor, we'd like to offer you a unique marketing opportunity. If you make a donation of $1,200 to Food for the Poor, The Answer Pittsburgh will provide your business with 40 60-second commercials that you may use to promote your business. We'll write and produce these commercials at no cost to you. As a business benefactor, you'll enjoy the benefits of marketing your business to the AM 1250 The Answer audience while also supporting the great work being done by Food for the Poor. To become an Answer business benefactor and take advantage of this limited time offer, please contact General Sales Manager Mike Howard at 412-503-4761. That's 412-503-4761. Note to businesses, your gift is tax deductible. Paul Jacobs, Food for the Poor. We're going to be uh, happy to be working with you again, and uh, we hope we can raise uh, a lot of money for you and feed and give water to lots of kids in uh, Guatemala. Thanks. No, thank you. Yep. Uh, well, thank you, too, for uh, all your help on this. We'll continue to do this for the next uh, several days into next week. Um, apologize for not having Stephen Moore on. Um, I, uh, he should be apologizing. He said he would be available. We called him, and he's not there, so we won't call him anymore. Uh, not that that'll kill him, but... Uh, that's just, it's annoying. But uh, I apologize for that. And we will be back tomorrow. And we will have Amity Shales. She has promised to be here. She's written a book about how the New Deal made the Depression worse. She has some thoughts on what's happening with the economy now and this virus. Talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.